Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Thursday, November 12th of 2020. We are now on, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, this is Thursday, a day before the weekend uh, begins and this week ends. And uh, the Lord has been taking us through a beautiful journey in the book of Revelation. We'd like to take time to welcome all of our listeners, wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, it's always a an honor uh, that you would uh, join us, take out of your time to spend this uh, time in studying the Word of God. And it's been, uh, like I said, it's been uh, the way the Lord has been speaking this week, opening up the book of Revelation. I think it's so important. And I think we're beginning to see we are beginning to see uh, that the book of Revelation has everything to do <laughs> with the saints of God in this hour. And we better be paying attention to what God is saying. God does never leaves himself without a witness. And God is telling us as we're going forward. And with it, uh, it's not just the knowledge and the understanding that we're getting, but we also understand the greatest mystery of all. And the greatest mystery of all is the love of the Father. That's the mystery, <laughs> that God loved us even before the foundation of the world. And that all of this that is happening is that you and I, is what he offers us, eternal, eternal life. And we thank God for that. Today in our uh, panel, we have uh, Brother Marty and Brother Fernando joining us. And as always, it is a pleasure to be able and an honor to study the Word of God together. So, Brother Marty, as we continue in our journey in the book of Revelation, uh, we'll leave it to you uh, to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together. Amen. We, we've come to Thursday of this week as we continue to explore. Uh, we we kind of started our study here in the book of Revelation uh, from Revelation 13. 10, where it says, here is the faith and the patience of the saints, and what has been revealed for an end-time generation uh, is also revealed in Revelation chapter 5, I mean, chapter 13, verse 5, as being a very short uh, but intense period of the final uh, days upon, uh, upon the earth before the Lord returns. And verse 5, it says that it's going to be a 42-month period or a three-and-a-half-year period, and that there will be things that would precede that. And we're living in the kind of times that are incredibly fluid, incredibly volatile, and we know by the Word of God that we have entered into a time period that is that is unique to our time, and that many of the pieces... Uh, are moving across the <laughs> across the chessboard, really, and and the powers that be um, are are actually striving in a very intense way right now uh, to to bring about an agenda, and and we believe that agenda has its 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 revelation or understanding of that agenda uh, right here in the Book of Revelation. And so that is what we've been exploring, and we're going to begin today. Uh, this will more than likely be a two-part series as we come to the end of of tomorrow. <clears throat> but we're gonna we're going to call today's study uh, the dragon uh, gave him his power. The dragon gave him his power. We've been looking at uh, him him speaking of the Antichrist going forth to make war with the saints. And we, we we talked at length what the saints are and the definition of them. We know from the scriptures that there is going to be a, a twofold attack. There are those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ made up of Jew and Gentile, the, the church of the living God, uh, as well as Israel itself, those that keep the commandments of God. It will become increasingly the focus, uh, both groups, of 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 the of the ferocity of this one they call the antichrist but there are things that have preceded it and what we're going to explain and look at in these next two days today we'll lay a foundation we'll conclude with some thoughts which will give you a hint hopefully to come back tomorrow as we conclude uh what we believe is actually happening 
uh, in our time. And I think that we're going to see it from a different perspective in the Word of God. And I think it will it will bring some light as to what is actually happening. Uh, and, and I believe, and I'm just going to throw the statement out here before we even get into this, that the United States presidential election and what we are witnessing right now, uh, everything from the media shutdown, the, the disseminating of information being turned into a propaganda-like state that is not only over the United States, but in, in effect is global. We've been following these things for, for several years now. And, uh, and what is happening right now as we speak today and record this message uh, is, is, is global in nature. It's a concerted effort by the entire world to shift the balance of power, to reduce it, to enter into a managed decline, if you will, of the United States of America. And we believe that what we are witnessing are prophetic events and that they're not just a, a, a series of random events that we've witnessed in 2020, but quite possibly are all connected. And behind those connected events, we believe is satanic will being expressed amongst the nations of the world. And as we go forward in today's study and then conclude it tomorrow, we're going to lay out some things and, and flatly just lay it out on the table and we'll leave it for you to decide. We don't have all the answers and we don't claim to be 100% infallible in these thoughts, but we're going to lay a case for why we believe what we are witnessing and seeing is quite possibly Revelation chapter 13 already beginning and well underway. And so with that in mind, I'm going to ask Brother Jeremy uh, to read to us as we begin our discussion today, uh, Revelation chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, and, uh, and, and, we'll, and we'll start from there. Brother Jeremy, in Jesus' name, uh, would you read those verses to us, please? <clears throat> Amen. And I stood upon the sand of the sea. And saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority and the dragon gave him his power his seat and great authority so we're going to see as we look in today and as we focus and bear down on this from a different perspective now we kind of started in the middle we we went into the final three and a half years in order to lay a premise so that we could look forward and look ahead as to what the lord is warning uh his church and those that uh, are in his church in the end time is ahead of them. He, he's revealing these things ahead of time so that as we were talking about yesterday, we can not only respond spiritually, but also strategically in a very practical way. We need to begin to get very serious about what we are seeing all around us. And we need to understand that as, as, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, that we need to begin to network, if you will, with people that know the Lord, that love the Lord, that are serious with the Lord. You know, we were having a conversation before we began this podcast, and in the course of our conversation, it made me think of something that the Lord said as he began to reveal to his apostles uh, the week of his crucifixion, actually the night of his crucifixion, uh, roughly in there, as, as he left the temple and went to the Mount of Olives, and they asked him when he, what would be the signs of his coming, and one of the things that I wanted to, to at least bring out before we get into this in depth here is Matthew chapter 24. Could you turn over there, Brother Jeremy? Uh, Matthew 24. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Um, verse 10 through 12. Could you read that to us? Yes. And then shall many be offended. And shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And can you read verse 13 as well? I'm sorry. 
But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So there's a lot that the Lord is revealing there as he's, as he's unfolding the events uh, and, and the, uh, the descriptive circumstances that will be prevalent uh, within the culture itself across the world. But one of the things that really jumps out to me is, and this is what we were talking about before we started today, was was the sense of of, of the intensity uh, that is coming or will break forth upon the earth. It's already here, really, but it's going to increase. Jesus said this in verse 12, it is precisely because iniquity shall abound that the love of many will wax cold. And what he's revealing there is that is that when he gave this, which was 2,000 years ago, he was telling them that at the end of time, as we crossed into that time frame, one of the components that would drive um, the collective experience of, of, of humanity at the time is, is an unleashing of iniquity and sin at a level uh, that has never been like that. Maybe not since the days of Noah, like he reveals in Luke 21, or the days of, of Sodom and Gomorrah, the days of Lot. And he says the intensity will be of such a, 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 a heavy weight, and because it shall abound, right? Verse 12, because iniquity shall abound. What he's revealing there is that it will be in every direction. You will not be able to hide or, or from the influence of it. And he says that, that as a result of this, like a constant bombardment of the senses, if you will, and the, the imposing of, of this, uh, you know, this, this, this sinful condition on the world, uh, that it will begin to, to break down uh, even, even those who claim to love the Lord. That's what he means by that the love of many will begin to wax cold. Up under the heat of the intensity that's going to begin to break forward, and it's already happening, uh, this is going to, to begin to wear the casual person or even someone who thinks that they're, they're solid is going to begin to wear them down. He speaks about a necessary component of endurance. Verse 13, he says that he that shall endure. So it's, it's talking about taking blows. It's talking about having a, a stamina, a spiritual quality of character of both soul, spirit, and body to, to, to be uh, in, in a position of endurance through it. So let us not be, you know... <laughs> uh, you know, children in our understanding of what he's saying here. He's talking about uh, an onslaught of, of, of satanic darkness manifesting in, in multiple ways uh, surrounding the entire population of the planet and the effect of it being a, of such a nature that if we are not the kind of spiritual being that we need to be in advance of these increased onslaughts, that we won't be able to stand up under the pressure of it. That should cause us <laughs> to sober up, right? Brother Fernando, what would, what would you say uh, to those who, who maybe haven't taken as, you know, not out of a neglect, but just simply almost like a, a, a uh, an innocent naivety, on, you know, from the parents' point of view, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand, and now uh, I have, I see a little rebellion in my children, or I, or you know, I've always let them watch whatever they want, you know, Disney or cartoons or anything like that. And we're not preaching a closed line religion here. We're just talking about the influences and our responsibilities as parents. Uh, what would you say to those that say, you know what, I, I don't know what to do now. You know, how do I fix this? Because like you just said, you know, if you haven't been raising them in the ways of the word of God, um, you know, it's it's almost like saying, okay, now we're going to just change overnight. Now you got to listen to this and do this. You know what I mean? What wisdom would you give? How, how would you, 
how would you correct the situation? How would you encourage them to, you know, not, not to run away fretting, you know, like I just screwed up and I can't fix it anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, you say, it's, well, it's, 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 it's interesting that you say that because I have a few people um, at the top, you know, at the top of my head right now who, you know, knew about the Lord and somewhere along the line straight away and are now being illuminated and enlightened back in the gospel. And, and some of them are here in the podcast. And now their eyes are being opened to their failures leading up to everything that's taking place. As it, 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 I'm talking about men now and what they didn't do in preparing their families. And it hurts them now. They see it. They see the rebellion in their children. They see the enemy trying to take advantage of them. And, and you know, what I tell them is, listen, this is all part of, of spiritual warfare because now, now the head of the home has been enlightened. The gospel is shining into his life. And everything around him is going to turn against uh, uh, what he has encountered, which is the gospel. But you have to hold on. Yes, there is a price to pay for failures as parents. But we have to believe that the gospel is powerful. And the change must take first in the individual where we are changed into the image of Christ. Then that can begin to shine through and then the family can begin to see it. It's not going to be easy, right? But it starts yeah. with the individual uh, consecrating himself before the Lord, seeking the face of God, understanding, hey, you know what? I blew it, but I'm coming back to the heart of worship, Lord, and I'm going to believe for my family. I'm going to believe for my children. I am going to believe that, yes, yes, I'm seeing the effects of 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 deserting the word of God and, and, and deserting my family and not leading them in the way that I should have leading up to all this, but now I'm back and, 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 and you just have to stay in the course and believe God that he is going to do it and be encouraged. It's okay. It's okay. At the very least, you know, your eyes are being open because you could have continued in the same situation and not not being able to see what was really taking place in your life and in your family's life. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's time for us to wake up, and it starts with us individually. You know, we have to that's surrender really, to the Lord. That's really powerful sound advice. Brother Jeremy, what do you think about that? What would you say about that? You know, I think uh, one of the first things as I was meditating as uh, Brother Fernando was speaking and the question you asked, Number one, as as parents, we cannot demand anything of our children that we ourselves first are not doing. Mama. Right? <laughs> you, you can't demand your children to read the Bible if you don't read it. You can't right. demand them to pray if you don't pray. So that that's that's just the start right there. Is it has to start somewhere, as you said, Brother Fernando. Now that, that's really good. The very least, let it start with you first. See, and then it's it's simply once you're allowing God to deal with you and you're doing it, then you can sit with your kids. And number one, it, sitting with your kids and being brutally honest with them. Look, I, I failed in this area. This is what the Lord is showing me. Let me tell you something. Kids will respect you more. They may get mad at the beginning, but they respect you if you're honest with them. And you tell them, you know, what, what God is showing you. What God is allowing you, and and then you you stick to the process. You know, you seek the Lord, you show them love, and and you show them the Word of God as God is showing it to you, and you will see that that the Word of God never comes back void. The whole point here, and I think what we're trying to get to, is that it has to start somewhere, right? <laughs> it has to start, right, and it's yeah. starting with you that are listening. You know, many times, well, you know, well, it's because my husband, my wife, my kids. Well, it has to start somewhere. Let it start in you. God is beginning to to convict you and show you like, wow, I didn't know it was this bad. In other words, we're telling you there's still hope. I mean, you know, you're behind, but there's still hope. You know, if you just come to the Lord, if you, and then, you know what I'm saying? God will begin to, to deal with your family. That's probably the simplest thing that I can tell you 
that at least has worked for me is never demand nothing of your kids that you're not doing and that you're not willing to do. Many times oh, in sure our kids, you know. Oh, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, no, no, I just wanted to say, in, in our kid, you know, in our kids growing up, you know, parents would send their children to church, but they don't go, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, but that, that's not the way it works. They have to see examples in us. Let me tell you something, uh, and I'll leave with this, man, so you can talk with Fernando, but your life will speak louder than your words. The life that you live before God, they'll see that you're trying, that maybe you're not perfect, but you're going forward. That will speak louder to them than anything you can say. Praise God. I remember, I remember my father giving me, you know, when I got married and, and you know, uh, was having, uh, you know, had my first kid. He said this. He said, Fernando, he said, he said, I, 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 I'm going to give you this advice. He said, understand this. You might be spiritual enough to handle certain situations that the enemy might throw your way. But don't think because you are strong enough to 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 come against those things that your children are and he gave me the example of lot lot was a spiritual man but he was out of the will of god and took his family to a place that he was able to withstand you know and that his he was vexed in his spirit but didn't take into account that his children and his wife were not spiritually strong enough to 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 not fall to the temptations of Sodom, and we know what ultimately happened to his family. It was his fault. Mm. And sometimes as parents, we think like that. We think, oh, I'm a spiritual right. person, and I can handle things. I have to handle the spiritual warfare. But can your children handle it? Are you in the wow. will of God? Are you out of the will of God in these in these days that we're talking about? Yeah. Jacob went to Shechem mm-hmm. out of the will of God. His daughter was raped. His, his yeah. sons became murderers <laughs> until until he went back to the heart of worship. Yeah. Then he came to his family and asked them all to bring their idols and put them under the oak tree. Yes. It starts yeah. with the head of the homes. It starts yeah. with the fathers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> the decisions we make, we we have to understand that every decision doesn't just affect you. Ultimately, it affects your children. And many times, it's it's hard. What I'm going to tell you, it's hard to understand because I've been there. But you have to understand that many times the reason why our children can be in the condition that they are is because of decisions that we made. Right? It's because yeah. we have not sought direction. And guess what? You may be strong enough to go through something, but your kids are different. At the same time, don't underestimate what God can do in your children. <laughs> Sometimes they show more uh, capacity in things and spiritual things than us, and they show us something. You know what I'm saying? But just bank on something. Bank on the word. It shall never come back void. The word will not come back void. Paul would say this. You have many teachers, a few fathers. That's what we need in this hour. We've got too many people teaching, but where are the fathers, right? Interesting, tremendous thing that we're talking about, you know, on this subject of the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, it's connected. Yeah. I think that uh, what you were just quoting there, you know, train up a child, right, mm. in the way that they should go. And and when they are older, they will not depart from it. Uh, so, you know, this is why it's important that we invest in them. But what you're saying is so powerful because it is very true that that you know when we we might feel especially on the things that are going on right now we've heard things from from several people across the country really who have been talking to us about you know uh, this sudden sense of of dread uh almost feeling as if they're they don't know what to do 
they're beginning to really worry about their loved ones, those closest to them, their own families. Uh, like Brother Fernando, you were just sharing about several people that you know that you've been talking to. Really, uh, what you are sensing and what you are feeling is the moving of the Spirit, beginning to prepare His bride. You know, remember yeah. what 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 Jesus said in in John chapter fifteen. Could you turn over there, Brother Jeremy? John chapter fifteen. Um. What we are going through, I think, has, has, you know, a part of what Jesus said here. Uh, and I think it's in connection as well with, with the last days because um, let's take a look here. Uh, let's see. Can you read to us uh, verse 1 and 2, John chapter 15, verse 1 and 3? It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So he, he talks about an unproductive saint being disconnected from him. But what we are going through, if you love the Lord, you believe in the Lord, and, you know, the devil would work overtime to, to move you in a direction that would cause you to just fret and throw your hands up and say, I just, you know, I'm just the most horrible person there is. So <laughs> there's nothing I can do. But no, you know, this is a work of the spirit because he talks about the purging process uh, in order to bear more fruit. Well, that more fruit we're talking about is realizing uh, in this instance, uh, our, you know, a positive influence in our children's lives in our neighbors' lives, in our sisters' and brothers' lives, in our whoever, you know, whoever you love. And and you might feel like you've, you've dropped the ball or maybe your witness hasn't been as it should be. Take it from me. Uh, God is a God of restoration. And God understands yeah. every single bit yeah. of you. And, and he is able to, right, he is able to reach into the places of our failure and turn them into successes because this is the yeah. kind of God he is. And so Jesus says, you know, he, he begins the process of, of purging or cutting away the things uh, that are hindering us from bearing the very fruit that we want to see realized in our lives. And when he moves by his spirit and we begin to sense those uncomfortable places or even those sense, uh, sense those reflective moments and then a sense of, of also in those reflective moments realizing our shortcomings, our failures, and yes, even our sins. It is the work of the Spirit that is doing this in order that we will run to him. Remember when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, they made the colossal mistake of assuming God's character. Because when God came to them, what did he say to them? Let's look at that, Brother Jeremy. <laughs> in chapter 3. Uh, of, of where? Of, uh, of, of Genesis. <laughs> I'm sorry. Genesis. I just, oh, no worries. I, I was just laughing here. I'm starting to feel like a pastor today. God forbid. <laughs> I'll leave that to Jeremy. <laughs> no, I need to hear this too. You know, it's encouraging to hear these things and to know the proper perspective uh, of the Lord, you know, uh, and, and 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 who he really is. Look at the, after they ate the fruit in Genesis chapter 3, um, it says their eyes were open. Can you read that to us? Uh, Verse 7 and 8, Brother Jeremy. Yes. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Verse 8. Yes. And they heard the voice of the Lord, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now, there's a lot there, but we're going to we're going to look at it from the perspective of what we're talking about here. Notice the reaction, the human nature, what we have a tendency to do. First of all, understand that they had sinned, right? They ate of the tree that they told that God told them don't do this, you're going to blow it, right? And what ends up happening, what sin will always do is remove the presence of God from you. 
and, and leave you in that position in their case where they knew that they were they were naked. You know, prior to them falling, they were covered in the light of God, that glorious presence and peace uh, of soul and spirit and body that they had experienced. And what sin does is it removes that light. And and what's interesting is that then then our reflection begins to be on ourselves. And that is the trick, if you will, uh, or the strategy of the enemy. Because when we begin to look at ourselves, and I think that they responded, which is how we all do and have done at, at some time, if you'll be honest, is that when you when your eyes are opened and you realize that you're you've, you've become uncovered, it uncovers you. That's what sin does. But how you respond uh, is vital. And what we learned from from Adam and Eve and their mistake was was that they tried to cover it. They tried to. They did. I mean, they sewed fig leaves and and uh, and they made themselves aprons. They tried to cover it. See, the most important thing that you can do, at least to this point in my life, this is what I've learned by the Word of God. Is 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 if we if we go down this path of trying to cover what it is that has put us in a position of nakedness, uh, uncover the light leaving our life. Uh, if we're not careful, we'll do the very same thing. We'll, we'll we'll try and cover it by ourselves. But what begins to happen instantly, if you notice, is they're naked and they cover themselves, and instantly they hear the voice of God. See, God is right there in our failures, in our shame, whatever the instance or the case may be. But they hear the voice of God, and what they do now is that they hide themselves in verse 8 from the presence of the Lord. See, the enemy will always try and push you away from the Lord. That was their mistake. Every step of the way, they were getting farther and farther away from God. God was pursuing them. And this is one of the hardest things that we have to uh you know to to you know that we that we have uh it's a hard thing for us to come to that point of understanding that when we fall or when we mess up or when we sin or when we do anything that uncovers our humanity and reveals to us what we're really capable of in many levels of life however you want to let this you know process through your thought processes right now the fact of the matter is, is how we respond is vital to, to how we become, um, you know, restored. And to understand how we respond incorrectly is just as important as, you know, how we respond correctly. So in other words, by learning what they did, we can avoid the same patterns, which we've all been guilty of. See, God comes immediately in the garden searching for them, even in their sin. And he, or in their failure. And he's always searching for you. This is the hardest thing for us to understand. When he shows up, we see them reacting in fear. And so there, we begin to make, and this is by the influence of sin or failure, we begin to make mental decisions about our Heavenly Father, about our Lord. Because that's what Adam goes on to say, um, when God tells him in verse 9, God calls out to him and he says, Adam, where are you? And what does he say uh, in verse uh, 10, Brother Jeremy? He said, I heard thy voice in, thy, in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So notice the fear component. These are all mistakes. It's God that pursued him. And it wasn't as if God didn't know where he was. What God was asking him in verse 9 is, is, do you know where you are? You know, where are you? Where have you, <laughs> you know, we need to ask ourselves that question. And that's kind of what you guys were sharing. At least this is what it made me think of, was when we come into these issues that we were talking about, family, children, loved ones, you know, the community of, uh, you know, that we walk in and so forth and so on. When we fail in those places, uh, for whatever reason it may be, and it's unique to each and every one of us, but common in experience, um, God wants us to ask the reflective question, where are we? Where are you? That's what he wasn't, God knows where he was, right? I mean, so he's basically, so we got to look at it from the right perspective. God was, was causing Adam to think of that, <laughs> where are you? 
and and so he responds and as we needed to uh, we need to reflect where has our behavior brought us to he wants to understand that but also understand in this that we are witnessing the love of god and 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 we make the mistake in making mental choices and conclusions about god that's what adam went on to say i heard your voice in the garden i was afraid because i was naked and so i hid myself it's a progression <laughs> you know we think that we can't come to god or we've done such horrible stuff that you know that 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 we have to hide ourselves from god and how do we do that right how do we hide ourselves from god we become numb to what we've done or our failures or whatever we don't want to think about it we put it out of mind whatever i mean it manifests itself in many 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 different ways but it's the fear that drives us from him and the whole time god has been pursuing us and and god moves into this situation and if you have eyes to see it's an act of love He's coming for you. He comes to you. So don't allow the enemy or, or or your failure or your sin, however you want to define it. In this case, it was the sin of our first parents. Don't allow it to, to, to distort uh, your understanding of your Heavenly Father that he loves you. Mm-hmm. And And we hide ourselves from him. Oh, I can't go to church because I did this. Or, oh, man, I, I feel so guilty. I, I can't pray. How am I going to pray to God? You know, I just messed up or I've been messing up, whatever. You know, so I hide myself from him. And then he says, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree, which I told you not to do? And and and, and then many times we make the mistakes of blaming circumstances or other people. God is trying to teach him. You need to take responsibility for your own failure. That's the key to begin with, like Brother Fernando and Jeremy were sharing. You know, admit what you've done and then make the adjustment. That's what God's trying to teach him here. Uh, he goes on to teach him, but but look at how Adam reacts, right, in verse 12. Can you read how, what Adam goes on to say? Yes. He says, and the man, sa- and the man said, the woman whom thou gave us. <laughs> Yeah. To be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I didn't. So we, 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 that's, he's just plunging deeper into, you know, and we do that. We have the same ten- tendency to do that. We, we plunge deeper and deeper uh, away or farther and farther away from the solution. And, and, and it's a progressive thing with Adam. Now he's blaming circumstance and other people, and he ends up blaming God. Ultimately, this is your fault, man. You gave me this woman. She's the one who gave me the fruit. And we never want to take responsibility for it was my choice, my decision. And and if, we, if we'll be honest, which is what God is trying to get Adam to be, if we will, the quicker we become honest, the quicker that we reassess how it is that we view God in our failure, the quicker we will be healed. Everything was initiated by God. But he's constantly and always teaching. Yes. And so he goes on and, and and does the most beautiful thing, which is where we see a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, where he, it says here in verse, uh, what does it say that? Let's see. I think it's... Uh, 315. Is it 15? Well... Yeah, he references the Lord, but where it says that he made skins for them. Where is that? Uh, I think it's the rest of it. Where is that, brother? Can you find that for me? Oh, that's in verse 21. Verse 21. Yes. There you go. Go ahead. No, no. Can you read that to us? Oh, yes. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord make coats of skins and clothed them which is beautiful because what we see here uh is is a type of the lord jesus christ that we know or can infer uh that what actually was slain uh was a lamb well why do you say that brother marty because because when when it came to the issue of sin uh we see the difference between cain and abel we see that abel knew that the thing that appeased God was the sacrifice of the lamb, right? When he offered the lamb, 
uh, and, and God received uh, that sacrifice, something had to die, right? Because he clothed them with skin. Animal skin really is what it is. And so what we're being, what, where, where our answer is, is always in the grace of God. It's in the Lamb of God. And when you mentioned uh, Genesis 3.15, he already prophesied the coming of the Lord, right? Where he said that the seed of the woman would destroy uh, the devil who had deceived them. But what God goes on to do is cover them. Understand, you can't do it. And I'm not making some kind of hyper-grace statement here. What I am saying is that the issues of forgiveness and restoration are always initiated by God. All you have to do is turn your turn our gaze backwards 2,000 years to a hill called Calvary, where he stretched his arms in uh, far and wide and, and stretched himself in each direction so that whether north, south, east, or west, they're ad infinitum, the grace of God and the love of God was on display for all creation to see. And it required the death of the lamb and the shedding of his blood to cover our nakedness. And that's what he did for Adam and Eve. And so when we come to him, remember, it is God that initiated. It is God that pursues you. It is God that is making you think about these things. And remember, the difference between how the Holy Spirit works and how the devil works is when the devil's dealing with you because of something you've done, there's tremendous guilt and there's this overwhelming sense of, you know, condemnation. I'm not worthy. I should just die. You know, I'm just this horrible wretch of a human being. I don't know how many of you have actually sinned at the level I have, but that's how I used to feel. <laughs> you know, it, but it was the devil like pressing you and pressing you, right? But when the Holy Spirit comes, he convicts you. He does that primarily by causing you to sense the fellowship that's broken between you and, and the Lord, and that grieves you in your heart. It doesn't condemn you and push you away from God out of a sense of a, of a hiding out of this massive guilt, but it pushes you toward God in desperation to have this lifted from you, and that's when he begins the process. So I said all that to say I agree with you, brother. That's exactly what what we need to do. Well, we make an, an adjustment, right? Go ahead. It's prophetic too, and 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 as you said, God is always the initiator. Think about yeah. this: in the middle between the Old Testament and the New Testament, is it a coincidence that the very last verse of the Old Testament has to do with God initiating a restoration between the fathers and the sons? Look what it says: mm. and he, he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart yeah. of the children to their fathers. You know, this is necessary for the preparation of the coming of the Lord. God wants to restore that which the enemy has stolen, that which the enemy is, is, is running rapid. You know, so many divorces, so many, I mean, so many things going on today. And, and is it a coincidence that the last verse has to do with the family and the desire of God to bring a healing in these last days before that dreadful day, a healing, a restoration of some sort. And you made me think about that as you were saying that, Brother Marty, in Malachi 4, 6. I mean, that's an excellent point because, you know, <laughs> to, to to throw in our prophetic insight, right, which is what we love to do, uh, what the Lord reveals, what you just said, uh, is is also that the condition prior to the coming of the Lord would be such uh, yeah. that it seems to in indicate, right, that there's a breakdown between fathers and children and children and their fathers, right? Yeah. It just seems, and, and I think that that ties into what we we were talking about as as we've been led in our conversation today about the the, the cautionary thing that Jesus told us about iniquity abounding on every side. And and the necessity mm -hmm. to understand that and 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 then reflect on the fact that what he want, goes on to say is it's going to require endurance to the end when this breaks out. And then what you said is that God is going to send His Spirit, like He said, I'll send you Elijah before the coming, the great prophet Elijah before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord to restore the family. 
And so what we are witnessing is, is a twofold thing. The intensity and the ferocity by which all of the world has changed, the in-your-face agenda of Satan himself, and whatever form that takes, it, it, it has with it perversion and darkness and the deconstruction of the family unit and the reassigning of gender, the questioning right. of everything that's balanced and throwing yeah. it into chaos, right? And so to answer that, it's an excellent scripture you brought up. He says, I'm going to send <laughs> the spirit of Elijah, the prophet Elijah himself. And so what that tells us is that the healing of the family is precisely tied to the prophetic, right? Or the voice of the prophet. Right. And that is why many people we've heard in some of these, you know, that have listened to some of these podcasts and others around the world that where God is saying the same thing to them, is that the word of the Lord that's coming forth right now at first may seem harsh or heavy, but as it's listened to and the Spirit of God begins to reveal what is actually taking place and what's happening in our time, it's the prophetic voice of God that stirs us to heal. And it's like you said, Brother Jeremy, it's it's in advance of the return of the Lord. And it's I think part it's part of the preparation, right? Yes. Brother, go ahead. Luke Luke one seventeen says, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of, of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So the healing and the restoration that God is wanting to do in this hour is part of the preparation for the coming of the Lord, right? Absolutely. And it's the only thing that can come against the dragon in this end time system. Yes. That kind of ministry. Yes. That's excellent. Yeah, and you're right because even well, let's let's bring it on home in a prophetic sense that that's exactly what's revealed in uh, in in Revelation chapter eleven. It's the only kind of ministry in Revelation uh, chapter uh, eleven. Can you read that to his brother Jeremy? As to uh, the two witnesses, right? One, they say that's Elijah and Moses, you know, or Enoch and Elijah because they were the only two men who never died. God took them off the face of the earth. He took Enoch uh, in, in Genesis. He took uh, he took Elijah in, in Kings, right? He took them, those two men. So they say it's either, or it could be Elijah and Moses because that's who appeared to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Either way, it's the prophetic voice of God what you said, Brother Jeremy, and it is exactly, precisely that that the enemy goes after to to attack. Can you read, uh, he calls them his two witnesses, I think it's verse 3 and, and 4. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy, and 5? Yes. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Incredible. Uh, it, it speaks of the consuming word that they preach, right? Fire proceeding out of their mouth. They're full of the Spirit of God, and, and the power uh, of, of the Word literally is being revealed here that, that, that it will bring judgment upon all who try to resist what they're saying. But what Brother, what Brother Fernando talked about was the, the level of anointing that's going to be necessary at this point is a prophetic anointing after the kind of Elijah, after the kind of Moses or, or Enoch. And, and and here we see at the final three and a half years that we are being told that these actual two men will appear in, in the end of time. And it's interesting because in verse 6, can you read that? Because it gives us the characteristics of why people think it's Elijah or Moses or Elijah and Enoch. In verse 6, can you read that? These have the power to shut heaven, that it reign not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. 
Right. So, you know, they have the power to shut heaven so it doesn't rain. That's what Elijah did, right? He shut the heavens for three years. James reveals it, right? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. And then the plagues, right? Blood, the water turning into blood, so forth and so on. That's why some people think it's, it's Moses and Elijah. But nonetheless, the point is taken, uh, brother, Jeremy, uh, brother Jeremy and Brother Fernando, what you just said. This is the equivalency of, of the kind of anointing that's, that's breaking forth on the earth right now. It's already flowing. You know, it's flowing. We know it's going to manifest uh, ultimately in these two witnesses, but the spirit of Elijah is, is here, and the word is going to be adjusted accordingly, and it's designed to bring the fathers back to the children, the children back to the fathers, and as Brother Jeremy just read, to turn uh, the, 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 uh, the sinner to the wisdom of the just. He's going to make a final push in these most extraordinary days that we have right now to, to bring a, a great harvest into the church. There will be those who respond. And subsequently, we take heart from the fact that the Bible reveals that should the fathers turn their hearts to the children, there will be a response of the children to the fathers. It's an anointing and a special endowment of grace upon family structure in this time. God will turn the heart if we will do the right thing. Yeah. And so we hope that encouraged you today. I mean, we'll pick it up from here tomorrow. But tomorrow, trust me, we're going to bring, Lord willing, we'll bring all this to a conclusion. We're going to deal with specific things. We'll pick it up from, from uh, who is this dragon? Who is this beast? How does it apply to the United States? How does it apply to our times? How does it apply as we are entering in the concluding parts of 2020 and headed into 2021, what is ahead of us? We believe that the Lord is revealing some things to us. We're going to be very specific tomorrow and reveal some things I think that will frankly astound many of you as much as it did us as we explore these things uh, that we were studying. But for today, I think this has been the spirit of the Lord, hopefully to bring encouragement to you. So those, you know, you might feel that maybe you didn't, you know, uh, exert, you know, as, as great an effort as you could. And now you're worried about your grandchildren, your, your husband, your daughter, whatever it may be, you know, your loved one, your neighbor, even who knows. But what we're being told is that if we recognize it, we have a special grace being promised in these times that through the prophetic spirit of the Lord, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ, right? That there is a special work of grace that's going to be engendered, if you will, in your situation, and you will see what you never thought you would see, and that is the saving of every single member of your household by the grace of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Brother Jeremy? Amen. 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 Uh, what a discussion we've had today, and, and the reminder, uh, there's many, as Brother Marty said, maybe grandparents, parents, and you find yourself in this situation. I think God has spoken to us. Part of the preparation that uh, that he's coming again is, is the restoration that he wants to do. And he's knocking at our door. There's nothing impossible. Uh, whatever the condition of your children may be, God can do it. Amen. So we pray that you've been encouraged as we have been. And I pray that you join us tomorrow, Friday, Lord willing, as we continue to discuss on this subject. May God bless you. May God keep you. And as always, keep looking up.